Hello and welcome to the Back Five podcast. I'm Kieran. I support Everton. I'm Sean. I support Tottenham. I'm Will. I support Cardiff City. Quite the love-hate relationship. Loving it at the minute. I'm Sam and I support Liverpool. And once again, a love-hate relationship. Uh, I'm Sam as well. And I support Chelsea. And I'm quite optimistic at this moment in time. Okay, well, I mean, seeing as there's an Everton fan and a Liverpool fan here, I think a great place to start would be what happened at Anfield. Yeah, what is? That, is? that is definitely the place to start. Mm. It, oh. it took a while. It took over 20 years. Um, I mean, you weren't born the last time it happened. No, I wasn't. And also, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, I mean, there's been very embarrassing moments. I do remember a certain FA Cup fixture where we lost to your your children. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you, to be fair, you had one of them on the pitch today. You had Curtis Jones. He did, he did all right, actually. I don't think he um, had a board game. We had two. Trent was on the pitch too. Was he? Was he oh. on for the FA Cup? No, I was on about Saturday game. Oh, okay. Anyway, moving to the matters at hand. Um, do you, Do you think we win that without Hamas Rodriguez? Um, yes. Do you, do you think we still win that? Um, I think we were so bad that, yeah. Definitely. I'm, cur- I'm curious because I I do agree with you. I think we'd win, but he made the chance at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe again, I'm being a bit cynical because again, that that's we, we played really well, but with the with the record we have and everything, it, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 we hadn't scored that first goal, we would have sunk it a bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it really did help, but at the same time, it doesn't happen. If Ozan Kabak tries to intercept rather than try and tackle Richarlison, and, and I don't think it's a particularly difficult interception either. He was he wasn't that far away from that ball when it was coming through. No, he could have easily slid in and got to it. I just think there's a very lack of experience there, and I do think he'll come good. Like he was brilliant against Leipzig, but I think it showed there, and yeah. he was shaky. In the it, first it, half. It's almost unfortunate in a way because if we were playing with Calvert Lewin and we'd be putting crosses in, he probably, that would have been that would have been his game. <laughs> It would have been his game, especially <laughs> with Nat Phillips next to him in the second half. But um, yeah, it, but obviously, you know, <laughs> we didn't have Calvert Lewin. We had Richardson, and well, I mean, a ball behind by Hammers like that is a lovely weighted half pass. And then, it was a very nice yeah. pass, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then well, obviously a, a fantastic finish, which you know Richardson should be getting used to because he's, I don't know, he's been given a bit of pressure in the last few weeks with Calvert Lewin injured. I think he has stepped up to it. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like as a player, he just shows these glimpses where you mm-hmm. think, yeah, he's class, and then he'll just go off the boil. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's, he's a really interesting case because he's been yeah. like this for a few years. I'd agree with that, but I think if, uh, he's 23, so he's not. Mm. I, yeah, I no, think he's, the, he's obviously it, talented. Yeah, that was his only shot on target of the game. The only one he needed. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to be an elite striker, you need to put more than one shot on target a game. Even yeah, though I'm yeah. sat here with Roberto Firmino leading the line. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Okay, on to, on to one of the more de- the divisive parts of the game. We'll talk about the penalty. Um, the Cavalier and Goff. Um, Sam? Yeah, definitely a, definitely a controversial one. That, in my opinion anyway, should not be a penalty. I don't think there's I anything Trent can do. Oh, like, we would have lost I, the I game anyway. I agree. I, I agree that I, I agree that Trent couldn't have done anything, but I don't think that doesn't make it a penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. if you think of most fouls in the Premier League aren't professional fouls; they aren't deliberate. They're because the ball gets kicked away and they kick the player. Purposeful behaviour is not what makes it a foul. It's the yeah. fact that he's impeded Trent. Uh, he's impeded Cavalier when he's uh, in on goal. That's what, yeah, that's what, that's what I think makes yeah. it a penalty. I, I do agree it's harsh, but I think it would be harsh the other way if it wasn't given. I yeah, just think yeah. he could see Trent coming from a mile away. Cause Trent was already on the floor; like he could have easily have just stopped. Well, yeah, and taken the shot. Yeah, but, Trent, but he was the thing looking is, for Trent's it. just put him in that position, isn't he? Yeah, like, let's be honest. And also, like it, Trent, Trent is put, Trent's obstructed, and if he went around Trent, then Allison would have got to the ball. So yeah. Trent has obstructed yeah. the goal, the, the shot. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's not like he's just kind of come across him. He, he has obstructed it. That's the issue. I think it's not just it's yeah. bad yeah it's yeah. just it's just I mean, it seems to me one of those where he's just put himself in the wrong like he's just got unfortunate with where he is at the time mm-hmm. and in reality if he doesn't lift that foot and it just happens naturally I think that 
it's a different outcome. Yeah. Because in reality, like if he doesn't, so whether he's trying to get up or whatever he's trying to do, if he's just that happens three seconds later after he's gone, I don't think anything happens. Mm-hmm. I think the worst part about it was the poor attempt to try to try and via to use VAR. Oh, I, 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 I will agree, I'll agree with you with that. So who's referee? Yeah, was it Chris Kavanagh? I was it. Hold on, let me have a look. Yeah, Chris Kavanagh. Yeah, so he just runs over to the monitor, looks at it, it from w- one angle, yeah. and agrees. Like you meant to, and the only angle he looked at it from was the TV angle, which made it uh, look like a penalty. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think it was too quick. But the problem I have is, all the time, the referees get criticism, or VAR in general, general gets criticism for how long the decisions take, and then there's a quick made, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, it's." quit it's too you quick. can never satisfy anyone so th- this is the problem because i feel like no matter what with var e- even when it does do like it's there and helps out people will always focus on the negatives of it which i understand because there have been a lot of negatives but i still think it's kind of like everything has to be bad about var there's yeah. nothing good and it just sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me i think to just jump in on that one I think one of the issues with that is sort of the communication from the refs. So, like, say if you watch rugby, you know exactly yeah. what's like going through the refs' pro- like mind and process. And say the referee on the Merse- for the Merseyside derby could have just wanted to use VAR to check, say, that one thing, mm-hmm. or just to double check mm-hmm. that what he thinks he's seen has happened. Yeah. And if there was some sort of communication where everyone watching that game could understand that why he was using VAR. There'd be far less of an argument of, oh, why is that taking such a short amount of time? Because if he's if he's just gone to check one thing to make sure that he's, he's certain with his decision, then if anything, that that's something that should be applauded for VAR because he's gone, used the technology, made a quick decision, and not really impacted the game too much. But because there's no sort of clarity around VAR and the way that it's being used, then it's very hard to come to a certain opinion about it. So I, I think. In reality, until that there's some sort of change in the way that referees communicate with, but in general, just the public audience, yeah, um, I think it's going to be negative all the time. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, just looking at it now, and I'm, it, I don't see why there could be a debate for a red card because it's obviously I know unintentional. I, 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 there wasn't, there wasn't. I don't think there was a check for a red card. No, I don't. I don't think it was. Yeah, a no. But red I've card. seen like stuff on Sky Sports, just them mentioning I, about it. I, so, I feel but, like. I'm surprised that that you're talking about that change. I'm surprised that change hasn't, like, nothing is really being done. It seems at the moment. Like, I'm surprised nothing has happened yet. And I think now would probably be the best time to trial it with no fans. I th- yeah, I think yeah, I think right now we're getting into sort of like uh, a breaking point in regards yeah. to VAR because they're not going to scrap it. We all know they're not going to scrap it, but it's getting to the point where referees are going to be so heavily scrutinised and they already are but yeah. the, reality, the reality is it's it's just getting worse and worse as the weeks go on yeah. um, because I think from VAR at the start where you can, there's like a few mistakes and yeah they're comical compared to some of the stuff that if because I'm pretty sure the World Cup happened before with VAR and alright it wasn't brilliant but it wasn't as bad as what we've had in the Prem um but I feel like we're, we're getting to the point now where there literally is no excuses. They need to change something. Otherwise, I think in general there'd be no sympathy from managers, from players, from anyone. Um, yeah, it's so taking th- the fun out of the game. Well, it's just, I mean, it's just... I, I'm not sure I'd say it's completely taking the fun out of the game. It depends because in reality things change about the game all the time. Mm. It's just I think it needs to be tweaked as soon as possible because otherwise it's just not going to be successful. Well, yeah, I, was say, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with VAR. I don't think anyone here really has. Like, I don't think I, any of you want it scrapped, would you? No, I don't think. No, I don't. Because like, I think there's so many moments. Like, I mean, the one that pops into my head, obviously, is the Frank Lampard goal against Germany. Like, yeah, think, obviously. Yeah. No, obviously that's goal line technology, but it, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Is yeah. it like, I'd much rather have a fairer game with. A little bit of technology, but obviously, yeah, but, there I, is yeah, but I think, but I think without without trying to be too negative, the fairer game doesn't come through the technology anymore because yeah. the technology is there. The fairer game comes from the referee and association 
sort of having to look at themselves and realise what they've done wrong. Because in reality, say for example, if a ref makes a mistake, he'll be on a game next weekend. It won't matter. Um, there's no sort of... They're very siege mentality from like outside looking in. And we need better refs at this level. I will say, Always have done. How, I, how I understand, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure entirely, but how I understand the refereeing system in the UK works is that there's like a, a pyramid where... Uh, if you play, if you have a certain amount of bad performances, you're lowered down the pit like the pyramid. Yeah, so yeah, no, of course, course there again. is, but there there, there is there is an extent where um, there's you know there's well there's jeopardy there's 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 a you know there's there's consequences if you make mistakes. But equally, you can see the amount of English referees that we have in in inter, international tournaments, and you could you could see clearly we're not. I don't know because we don't have that many in, in international tournaments. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You can yeah, see we're, no, we're not at that level in standard, yeah. 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 Well, I I just think there's a there's a lack of accountability with our referees in the country, and I just feel like there's such a problem with the referees being so shielded that they've got a lot of power without sort of having to answer for that power. Yeah. One and thing you notice it, is like you never see like many controversial Champions League ones like you see a few but nowhere near the amount the Premier League has mm, I, like. I don't know about I, I feel like there are I think I think the problem is with the Prem right now is I'm not going to lie some of the rules I, I just don't know anymore I don't know a lot of the time when I see things I'm like is that a foul like to me it looks like a foul or it looks like yeah. a handball and it's like no that's not like yeah. you'll hear like someone come in on like with BT Sport, you'll hear, hear Peter Walton come in and say no, or support like saying yeah, that is like the ref's right. Yeah, like with um, in Dan, I think it was Danny Ings and Patrick Bamford, they both got uh, done for offside because they were pointing or they had their arm out. Yeah, and I thought the yeah. rule was that I'm pretty sure it should still be that yeah. you can't obviously you can't be uh, you can't score with your arm, so your arm can't be offside. But for some reason, they're getting. Uh, like they're offside because they've been pointing and it's just it's just it doesn't make any sense I mean I mean especially even last season it wasn't even consistent across the entire season it was softened throughout the season but when it, when it comes down, just, yeah. when it comes to offsides we're still using cameras which don't reflect the speed of the game and, and we also, we also th- th- there stage. are also too many gaps between them there's too little cameras because any kind yeah. of angle on it makes it different I mean not be funny these yeah. are Premier League teams they have a lot of money behind them. If they they if they have on a line of cameras, if they want to, if they want a greyhound camera that can run along with the game, they yeah. can do it. it yeah. Yeah. I I remember um, last year or the no the year before. So it was when the um so the League Cup I think it had there was still VAR there was VAR then I think it was yeah it was 2019. So um it was when Chelsea played Tottenham in in the league cup and ended up winning but in the first leg we lost and harry kane scored and he was offside and after the game maurizio sari came out and although the original angle showed it as it looked onside Har- uh, maurizio sari came out and said look like he, we had this different angle and it was offside you could see it yeah so, I, like, I remember it's that, just yeah. it's just a huge yeah. problem like do, do you think do you think the future of var isn't photos do you reckon it's like um 3d imaging I, I, yeah, I, I, that, that, I mean, I mean, I can kind of see I, a reality where that happens. I mean, technology. I, I think you need. So I, I think you need more. the The reality is, you need more accountable referees who can put their hands up because then the reality is yeah. the pressure gets. If they're going to be honest with with everyone and the coaches, all right, yeah, sure, they're still going to be annoyed, but the the sort of whole animosity surrounding the whole situation yeah. sort of tempers down a bit. So then, in reality, if a referee makes a mistake, but there's sort of mm-hmm. signs that it's they're trying to improve, then we don't get in the same back and forth every single week, and it's a lot easier to sort of move forward and go from like say just a better better perspective to mm-hmm. go right. This is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, in order to improve, and I think at the minute we're just too busy having sort of cat fights about coaches and referees arguing what's right and wrong, yeah. instead of just trying to come to some sort of conclusion for the I betterment of the I game. I agree with that. Speaking of um, people not taking accountability for their actions, should we talk about Mourinho and West Ham and Tottenham? Yikes! Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Sean, do you want to start? Yeah, um, Sean. Well, everyone's been... I, I've seen something that Jose Mourinho is the favourite to, to be the next... I don't think the next to be sacked, but next to leave. So whether that was like by... Uh, just by his choice. But personally, I don't think Mourinho is the problem. I think he's still a very, very good coach. I think it, the issue is our defence. Like, players like Eric Dyer, his positioning is really bad. The amount of individual defensive mistakes we make keeps on costing us. And that's our issue. We need to invest in the summer into players that, players that are better at defending but, but sure, sure, surely, with such a defensive manager, surely defensive mistakes to an extent have to be his his fault in a way. Yeah, I mean, to some extent. Davison, Davison, uh, uh, not uh, yeah. Is it Sanchez? Sanchez is the one that keeps making an offside trap when no one else is. Yeah, he, I think yeah, it's Sanchez. He's, he's done it a few times now. Um, to some extent, yeah. And well, yeah, yeah, but like that's that's coach. That is a coach thing. He doesn't just do that without. Without training, without being told to push up, it's yeah, either one of them is not listening, or or they're not being trained properly to execute the thing. I I, I don't, I, I'm not saying it's completely Mourinho's fault, but it definitely he can't just be scot free clear when there's defensive it errors is weird like that. How how um how at the beginning of the season, for some reason this was so effective, like we were winning, like two 0 getting clean sheets mm. all the time, and for some reason now we're falling apart. It's because I'm I'm not being funny. You made quite a few mistakes, and their teams are just pouncing on yeah. you. The mm. reality is you're vulnerable. Like your back four confidence is vulnerable. Is Mourinho yeah. isn't really a play- a manager who tries to exuberate confidence into yeah. his players. He isn't a manager who tries to build his players up. In reality, he expects certain levels of performance, and I think what's showing is the cracks are now showing yeah. in yeah. that defence. Yeah, but just just from your perspective though, because obviously you've watched more. Than I have of Spurs. Yeah. Do you really think in that first half going forward you were even that good? No, not really. And to be because fair, like we only had a few key chances. Harry Kane, maybe, but that was a good save from Fabianski. And- because call, call it call it bias, Welsh bias, but the reality is your best player came on in the second half. Yeah. Made things happen. Exactly. And should have been starting from the exactly. off. Exactly. Seeing as though he's he's made enough cameos. And he looked sharp enough against Man City. Exactly. You can't leave him on the bench. That's the thing. The problem That's, is everyone's been saying Bale's like Bale's been underwhelming this season, and to some extent, maybe he's had games where he's come on and no, not he, done anything. He, he has, but then it's, it's just because at the same time he hasn't had a solid run of games. So if you don't have a solid run eighteen of games, months, you can't do. I, I say he's being he's paid. Uh, he's paid he, I think he's he's being paid six hundred thousand a week. So. He is underwhelming, but equally, equally, forgetting that, like he's he's not a useless player to any regard. Like he still has talents, he still has abilities. Well, no, he's he's a player who hasn't played consistently for well over. I think now we'd be running into like twenty months. Mm. Tell me any player that is going to play at their peak of their powers, yeah, no. having not played games for almost two years. The problem is with that is, yeah, he may have played really well against West Ham. But could Mourinho really rely on that? Could he have relied on I d- him? To I don't. Well I just. Start? I just. I don't like, know. I just feel. I just feel as though he's not giving him the opportunity, regardless. I, I feel and like... you, you know exactly what you're going to get out yeah. of the front three that Spurs have played for the whole season. You know what you're going to get out of Lamella, and I feel like when they've had so many issues recently, something's got to change. And at the minute. Can you really change the defence? Yeah. No. I personally, he as, to, as, he has to as somebody who watches Tottenham yes. a lot, pretty much or every game, I personally would like to, like, <laughs> thinking about it, if Dyer and Sanchez aren't doing great at the moment, they're clearly not. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure why Alderweireld's not playing. Uh, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a current order now, he's not as good as he used to be. I personally would like to see, and this might be a slightly controversial one but when they've played they've been pretty good I'd like to see us give Joe Roden and Jaffa Tanganga more starts because they clearly have more hunger what a lot just just a quick one alongside each other 
or not, with one of them like, alongside an experienced head. The, the problem is give you them can't more play games. alongside each other. Yeah, just give them no, this is, no, no, that's, that's the point yeah, I was about yeah, to make. Give you them need more a, games alongside yeah. somebody else. Alongside no. a small play one of them. Don't, don't play one of them alongside Eric Dyer yeah. or Davinson Sanchez. Right. You've got to play no. one of them alongside yeah. Toby. Exactly, so play Alderweireld and Roden or Alderweireld and Tanganga and he could help them develop. Like They're clearly more hungry for places. They're younger. Yeah. They're, they're more to be to be fair though, I think if one if one shows something, you've got to stick with that partnership yeah. because the reality is you're so fragile at the minute you can't be chopping and changing every yeah. week, which yeah. is to some extent I think why Dyer and Sanchez have been sort of like mainstays but had no sort of justification to be. Yeah. Um, to but I just I just think you're at that stage of the season where um, you need. You need slight change, but you also need to sort of keep quite a stable core. Yeah, we don't want to change. And it at the minute, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what Mourinho does because it, it could well be that he just decides that he's going to stick with it. Yeah. But if he changes it up, really what will he actually change up? The question is, can can Mourinho win something with Spurs? Can he do that? I... Can he win the Europa League? Can no. he win the League Cup against Man City? No. He's done, well, I, mean, look, I, th- I think he's, he's I think done, the reality is, maybe, is that maybe kind of I'm being a yeah, bit. But, yeah, but I think that the argument of he is that kind of manager. Yeah, sure, fair enough. But he is that kind of manager when he's got a team that's winning games. Yeah, All right, even if they don't enough. win the league, his Chelsea his Chelsea teams always won games. Mm-hmm. All right, there's the season where he got sacked, and you know we all know he falls off. Even that United team that won Europa League, you look back at that team, and all right, it wasn't title winning. Mm-hmm. But it was certainly up there in terms yeah. of quality and I winning mean, games. If, to be fair, so regarding he the, hasn't got this magic wand. Regarding the Carabao Cup final, though, that is still when is the when is the final? Twenty uh, fifth of April. So that's still two months away, and a lot can change in two months. Like probably two yeah, months. Yeah, a lot can change. Now look at us. So who knows what happen in two months? Obviously, it will probably still be... could be in the relegation. Yeah, the only thing I will say is manager. I'm not be- <laughs> I'm not yeah, being funny. Nice. You you haven't showed anything in the past couple of weeks, especially in the game against City as well, to mm. say that even in a one-off you would beat City. Like, yeah, sure, anything can happen, but the reality is nine times out of ten, City will wipe the floor with you, yeah. especially with the way they're playing. De Bruyne could be back by then. I think I'm pretty sure he will be, yeah. Pretty sure he's starting. Yeah. So, the, so the reality is a weakened City side made you look like school kids for 80 yeah. minutes. Yeah. What are they going to do with their full side? I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Spoken a lot about Spurs. Should we move on to the side that actually beat them, West Ham? Um, oh, yeah. Another amazing win. Uh, uh, yeah. What about Jesse Lingard? Jesse oh, the, Lingard. We talked about him last week, but yeah, he yeah. Just, <laughs> it just shows what. Yeah, but you can't not at the moment. I, I, yeah. I think he's just enjoying that role. I genuinely do just think he's yeah. he's finally had that freedom. Like yeah. the, the shackles have been taken off by sort of like the pressure. Yeah. I think being someone who came through the United Academy. To now be able to go out and do something that isn't tied down to the last ten years mm-hmm. of his career, I think this probably really helped him, as yeah. we spoke about last week about sort of a different environment. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think three goals in four. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I, well, yeah. I mean, well, he, he just he just looks so much more. Confident I was gonna say, I think I think that well. I think that goal kind of epitomises it, doesn't it? Because it's, it's it's kind of audacious. It was not audacious, but it's not his weaker foot. He's just he's just gone for it. I, don't, I think yeah, that's kind of. The thing is, I feel like he's got a bit of bit of that arrogance back. Mm. You know, when he played under Van Hal, yeah. he had like a little bit of mojo, a little bit of swagger about him, and I feel yeah. like he's sort of got that back he's at West br- Ham at the minute. He's bringing the dances back as well. He did it after the he did it after the VAR check, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Although <laughs> I am very glad he didn't dab. Yeah, that's true. He can't be there. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of him in a in a changing room going up to Declan Rice and pitching that to him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, could you play the drums for me, mate? <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with West Ham because I never would have thought, like, no one would have thought West Ham would be top four. We were talking about this last week, obviously. Yeah. But now they actually are in that top four. Um, where is yeah. the end for them this year? And I, I was, was going to say, I'll get your open league. Yeah, I think, I think that I, I mean, not being funny, I think they're in a position they should be getting Champions League in a way. Like, I, I think everyone underneath them is looking at them going, I, well, I mean, I'm looking at them going, I don't see us overtaking them. I think for me, though, there's, there's a lot, like, it's not unusual for teams like, say, West Ham, who have 
been maybe not in the best position to then climb up the table and get to somewhere like that. Yeah. We saw with Newcastle, yeah. say, like seven or eight years ago when they had CC and Denver Barbs, a very good team. Yeah, yeah Leicester. Leicester you've, you've, got, you've got a lot of teams, but like in regards to just teams that have not done well. And a lot of the time they do just fall away, even yeah. if it's like say mill part of the season. Well, I mean, I because... said this. I said this. Um, I said this last week. I think. I think West Ham have been quite. Con- well, I mean, almost one of the most consistent teams. Oh no, no, teams. you've, no, you've got. Like, you've got to be consistent. Every, every, everyone this season. I mean, Everton obviously started really well and they had a pit drop, and then they get, yeah. you know, they come back, and then obviously Spurs have dropped, and Arsenal like, they're kind of coming back in a way a little bit <laughs> from what they started at. But I think yeah, West Ham yeah. have fairly been consistent in terms of... Yeah, but the, the only thing I would argue, and I think this is where a lot of teams that haven't been there before do sort of fall away, Yeah. Um, in regards to that last sort of six, seven games, it's a completely different experience to the first 32. Uh, 32. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the reality is that the pressure sort of kicks in. And yeah, sure, you can go, oh, well, even if you get your Europa League, it's been a success. But if you've got like that Champions League carrot dangled in front of you, you can't tell me that you're going to be happy to just finish. Yeah, like your the last, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I will say, what what do you think of West Ham like next season if they do get Champions League? Because that I that would be. Uh, they... I I think I think we'll see deja vu to when they West Ham got Europa League and they just yeah. fell away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they it, would it, need a lot of investment. So it's just it's just the depth that you need to have a Euro- European yeah. like it's I just. just... Well, they need just, two strikers, really. Yeah, it's got to the point where one one of my friends is a Liverpool fan. He's beg- he was begging us to beat them at the weekend because, like, if you think how good Liverpool were last season, and now we've got Liverpool fans begging that West Ham lose. You know, it's it's how the tables have turned, really. Mm, it's just I, I just cannot imagine a West Ham side in the Champions League. Neither. How. How is that? Craig Dawson possible? Champions League against Barcelona. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Well, I have no Craig Dawson disrespect to you. The man's a good <laughs> yeah, but like, Can we see Cristiano Ronaldo versus Craig Dawson as a realistic yeah. Champions League I mean, battle what about, what a battle that would be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it would be well, incredible. I mean, after all, we did see James Collins battle against uh, Ronaldo in the Euros in semi-finals <laughs> a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, he didn't do badly either. Uh, I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'll save this discussion for another day while, because I can get we're, really sidetracked. <laughs> while we're talking about uh, Jesse Lingard and obviously his his success on loan, should we talk about uh, Minamino at Southampton? Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. done well. I personally, well I'm thinking so he should. I'm not sure if it is a loan to buy, but I personally think he should. If, if it is, they should activate that. It's not a loan to buy. It's just a six month loan deal. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. We'll I wouldn't be surprised. Season. I don't know. I don't know if you will because I think we will. the thing is, it depends because ultimately, what I think I was reading a lot about how defensively that Klopp couldn't really trust him, and he just felt that there are other options. And Southampton accept the same sort of thing, mm. but at the same time, Southampton need a player like that, and I think they're accepting mm. yeah. of the fact that defensively may not offer a lot, but going forward, they he he offers a solution to some of their issues, mm. and. I think Southampton are quite ambitious in regards to the fact that I think they'll be openly honest about the fact that for a while they could have got Europe mm. and they'll probably be quite disappointed they haven't. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are put in a decent offer. And I think the whole Minamino experiment, although it was a decent attempt at trying to you know broaden the club's marketing, um, sort of like overseas and also bring in a player for a cheap price, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they cashed in because. Mm-hmm. We are at that sort of stage where players will have to go and changes will yeah, have to be made. Yeah, because it's not exactly like it's it's a it's not a team that's going to be threatened by relegation, or very unlikely to anyway. But it's not a team that you'd expect to be challenging for Europe every season. So it's kind of a good level for him to be like one of the key men in the team, rather than like of outcasts in Liverpool. You know. I also think if if Danny Ings goes they need to bring someone yeah. with creativity in. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they threw a lot of money at someone who they know exactly what they're getting and someone who's played in a Hasenhutl yeah. system yeah. as well. If Brentford aren't to go up by some miracle, they'll probably look at an Ivan Tony. Or a, uh, um, I could see that, yeah, I don't know if Southampton would. I've I've got to be honest. I feel like could, could West Ham Southam- look at could West Ham go drive into him? That's a, that's actually a good. Yes, I, yes, I see uh, that in my head. That seems like a good fit. Yeah, cause especially as he's already based in London. So, 
Yeah. I Tony's yeah. nine goal contributions off the best season ever in the championship. Oh yeah, no. he's he's, uh, he's ridiculous. And we're not even <laughs> we're not even finished yet. Not even close, he's got. I don't know how many. I tell you, I tell you, but... someone who would who would be in their right minds to to throw money at him, and we've talked about them previously in this episode, Brighton, because they oh, create a lot of no. chances, and in reality, they need someone to finish them. And I feel like yeah. they're quite in terms of chance creation, they're quite a similar side to Brentford. They create a lot of chances. Yeah, they just need someone to finish them. Ivan Tony has yeah. twenty four goals and nine assists. And the other thing is, going off past history, Brighton do like a player to come up from the championship. I, I mean, look at Webster. Dunk mm. obviously played for them in the championship. I mean, you all right, Duffy wasn't exactly the best, but he came from the championship. They've got a, a broad history of bringing players from the championship um, or mm. loaning them. So like Ben White loaned in the yeah. championship, loaned what, in the EFL. What do you all think of Mitrovic to Brighton? Like, he can't really do much, but he's a great finish. Mm, I, I, it might be a good move. I don't him, think... He's, not, he's very much an outcast. No, I, I, don't, I don't think he offers enough. Um, uh, yeah, I say, yeah. He's a, he's a good finisher, but I don't think he benefits that side to a, a degree where it would be worth it. I'd say he's I a very think, static player. He's not someone who's going to get involved in the play. And, and that's, Bright, Brighton is that. Brighton is 11 players playing constantly. It's not yeah. 10 men and a striker. It is 11 men in a system playing, and that's... Mitrovic doesn't fit in that. I, I don't think it'll happen, but I will be surprised if I won't be surprised if he went abroad yeah. after this, because the reality is he's had such a long time in the Premier League and he's shown some good moments and some good. He's had some good seasons, mm. but I think he's just not looked as good this season. No. In reality, where do you see him going? Um, Maybe back to the this is the thing. I, it's, it's not... uh, no, I, I don't think he'll go back to the Championship like, because Fulham, Fulham will. A cha- if, yeah, I mean, I I reckon one of those probably smaller Champions League sides. I can see that, yeah. Personally, because yeah, like the reality is he's he's gonna command a high wage. Fulham will want a, a decent enough fee for him because they did pay decent money for him. Yeah. Um, I just don't see that side paying that decent fee being in England personally. Yeah. I mean, whether well, I mean whether or not Mitrovic goes up to well goes down to the Championship, do you think Fulham will? I mean, obviously they've just played Sheffield United. That's a good win for them. Um, I, th- I think with Fulham, it's it's tricky. Um, I think they're they're putting themselves in a decent position to have have a crack at at safety. Um, I think looking at the table now, obviously only a few points off Newcastle, and I think Newcastle are probably in a worse position if we're looking at the yeah. whole of the club. Um, because in reality, I think Newcastle have got so much going on that it's going to take a lot for them to stay up. Yeah. And if Fulham can just find a little bit of form, not a lot, just a little bit, to claw them up just a little bit more, then all of a sudden you, you get to your sort of Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle territory. Yeah. And then it, it's a different story. What I would say is Sheffield United, I think they're done. That's, yeah. oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Because no, I, the, I, the, I reality, the reality is... Oh, the they, they should be winning if they want to stay up, and they didn't. So. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, no. Not, it's not just the games they should be winning, because obviously there is that. But the reality is they haven't shown enough of a, a sort of run of form. Yeah. Mm. Because the reality is when you're down that low, it's not a case of can you consistently grind out results all the time? Because a lot of the times teams can't. Mm. It's when you're in the sort of good run of form, can you capitalise on that? Yeah. And yeah. the reality is they just haven't. The same as West... Well, I don't think West Brom were good enough to start with. Yeah, yeah, no. But the reality they're is sure Sheffield United, I think... I mean, Sheffield gone. United, for the first half of the season, I mean, you should, you need to be picking up draws, like, every so often. And they, they, I mean, they were yeah, on, of course you do. But they, but were, then, on, they were on track, they were on track to, to uh, be worse than Derby. <laughs> Derby's worse yeah, than their friends. I, that's, I think that's going to take an awful lot from any no. team. I mean, obviously, obviously they've done better but, than they won Man United, but they were, they were on track at the start of half time. Oh, yeah, of course. But then <laughs> that's what happened. So this is the thing that I would argue... At Christmas, say if you're down the bottom there, all right, yeah, sure, it's awful, it's absolutely awful. But if you pick up a couple of wins, then all of a sudden you can sort of forget about that first half of the season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't weigh on you as much. And Sheffield United picked up one or two wins, and you're thinking they couldn't, could they? Because yeah. in reality, if they could just build on a bit more, you never know. But I yeah. think now it's getting to the point where they're just getting bogged down. They are just going through the motions now. Yeah. And I think it is just inevitable that they go down. I think, I mean, certainly near Christmas, I was thinking it was kind of nailed on as in Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. I thought it was just... That I think Fulham aren't done yet. 
No. No, Fulham are definitely not done. Fulham no are already three points behind. I'd like to see them stay up, personally. But I also quite like to see Newcastle stay up. I person personally, um, obviously there is a slight bias. You know, Cardiff fans can't really say that we're too fond of Fulham. But I think um, going into the sort of narrative, I, I think it's interesting because if those three clubs go down, those are probably three clubs with the least potential in the next couple of seasons. Sorry. Like I feel like Fulham, Fulham are a side that would take a lot of investment. And at the minute, they would probably be, just be treading water to stay up, just like Burnley. like Adamo Luckman, who's probably their best player right now. He's not sticking around next season, especially if they're in the Championship. He's, he's, on, on, he's, on, he's, on, he's on loan from yeah from a German he's side. Not, isn't he's not going to yeah. sign. I mean, if they, I don't know, I don't know. If I think if they stay up, he would personally. Yeah, they stay up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wouldn't drop down, but I think if they stay up, he definitely would. I think um, he cost a lot. Yeah. Though. yeah, yeah. Young and English, so. I don't know how much it costs though because it's. Um, sorry, is he Leipzig still? Yeah, yeah. I don't see him going yeah, for so... any less than about twenty. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because he's never. He, I don't think he's shown enough at Leipzig. He showed quite a lot um, when he went on loan. When he uh, went to Hoffen- Hoffen- yeah, yeah, he was Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim, yeah. yeah when, Hoffenheim. When he showed a lot at Hoffenheim. Then obviously Leipzig sort of looked at him and that was sort of what pulled them into him but I don't think he's shown enough so I feel as though if they could just get some money for him and reinvest mm-hmm. because um, the reality is Leipzig need money to sort of challenge mm-hmm. so would they be willing to let go of someone who doesn't help them challenge do you think Fulham, do you think Fulham would buy him for 20 million they've, they've definitely got history of it um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did I, th- I think I th- what, what was it at the start of the season with the chairman on Twitter do you remember that? He lo- he loves a good tweet. Uh, he he, he, he tweet. was complaining about how he couldn't find a, a striker, was it? And he, he literally couldn't find one because of the COVID. But I, I, I but I think that mean, but I think that does show maybe he's open to spending for the club. I guess. Well, they've all, I'm sorry, they've always been open to spending. Well, yeah, they yeah, yeah spent just, when they came up the first yeah. first well, time, like they spent stupid amount of money. Mitrovic and Gisa were both thirty mil. Mm-hmm. They bought. I think Gisa was thirty five. Angus was a lot of money. I saw, I saw that. Um, I think I'm not 100 percent certain about this, but I saw that a Chinese side offered like 35 or something for Mitrovic. So Actually, yeah, that's the only other more. side that I could see him so place. I feel like that's something China, I should have Mm-hmm. Now nah, I'm I'm trying they, to think when when did they offer it? The problem because is, I can't yeah, I can't remember is, exactly. With Fulham, they couldn't lose a player like that this year in terms of because otherwise it's going to be the same thing. Because they can't they can't afford to go down to the championship but have that extra thirty five mil from selling Mitrovic. No. Yeah, the other thing is obviously bef- before this season, the last time Mitrovic was in the Prem, he was a big part of why they could have stayed up. Yeah, he's a, he was a big part of that. So I don't think you let go of someone like that. When um, it was just one of those cases, I don't know if it was offered in January. I still don't think they can take that mm. unless they've got a replacement yeah. that they think is going to improve them. Yeah. Which in the market at the minute would be very hard to find. Yeah. It says less. It says less about Mitchell Rich and more about the market, in my opinion. But the point still yeah. stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it, 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 everything's too hard to predict this season, right? We still don't know whether West Ham are gonna get Euro. Well, they probably will, but we still don't know like whether in like it, it's so hard to predict the season. I think this is gonna be one of those seasons. Apart from Man City winning the league and Sheffield and West Brom getting relegated, that's mm-hmm. everything else is pretty much a shooting. I think. Um, obviously, well, we um we spoke we we spoken about Brighton uh, needing a a new striker and their inability to score after having a lot of chances and we saw that exact thing in the yeah. game against Crystal Palace I mean yeah M23 derby that must have uh, that must have hurt I mean yeah. to be that dominant really um, Palace had two touches in the box and, and they scored goals. both of them oh, uh, just I the, think the, ridiculous uh, Mateta deserves a lot of credit for that, that goal. Unbelievable. Which yeah. Was I mean, yeah. So we were talking earlier about Jesse Lingard in confidence. That takes a ridiculous amount of arrogance to try that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it came yeah. off, and that's gonna yeah. his confidence going through the roof after that. Yeah, that was his mm. first goal for Palace. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'd have that pinned to my tw- top of my Twitter mm. for the rest of my life. <laughs> I may. <laughs> 
Yeah. I wouldn't stop posting that. And that, oh, that win's taken Palace out of a very long winless run, hasn't it? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That was they, they were dropping down. They were they, they needed. They just needed three points from somewhere. Well, and that was their first win in three. It's just they needed. To get well, I mean, I mean, just looking at the table now, if they dropping. if they hadn't won, they would have been uh, twenty nine points just between Southampton and Burnley. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Southampton would have a game in hand. And then all of a sudden, you're only one or two games away from being dragged in, as I spoke about before, yeah. with Fulham, Newcastle, and even to an extent Brighton. Because Brighton now, you know, obviously it's a catch-22 because of the six-pointer, but even if you just got a point, then there's there's still a lot of teams you can get dragged into a, uh, a relegation dogfight. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brighton were on a great run of form before the game as well. They drew on three and won two of the last five. Yeah. I mean, um, it, could you say this is a, a stepping stone in a way, in the sense that obviously, I mean, um, without Zaha, uh, this was they didn't have Zaha for this game, did they? No, no, they didn't. And they've been struggling without Zaha in the last, well, the last few games at least, because obviously he's a massive influence on him. Yeah. So, I mean, a big a derby win without your best player is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much it's a stepping stone of sorts. I would say it's more. Um, a bit of relief yeah. because the reality is they're not a good enough side without Zaha because they rely on his creativity and just actually I'll tell you what I was, I, what I was what I was going to say was uh, you know maybe showing a sign that they can pick up points without Zaha I, how, how long is Zaha out because their new fixtures is Fulham and then Man United Tottenham Everton Chelsea <laughs> Leicester Man City <laughs> oh my there's a few games in between yeah. but that's the oh it's well. It's, it's the. Um, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the table now, and it, it's just the irony because the, how tight that sort of even the middle to bottom. Like if you ignore West Brom and Sheffield United, mm. it's very tight. Yeah. Um, like Fulham currently. So, uh, well, no. The, the point I was going to make is we right now, we we could probably t- talk sit here and talk about how oh Leeds have done really well this season. Well, they're on, on the exact same point as Palace. They just have a game in hand. Um, mm. Arsenal. They've done slightly better this like compared to the start of the season. Well, they're only two points ahead of Crystal Palace, but then at the same time, Crystal Palace are a game away from almost being leapfrogged by Burnley. All so, those teams, are so yeah, like this. This is the thing, and this is this why I don't think it's a platform for Palace to sort of build on as much as maybe you could argue, because the reality, all all it takes, all all it takes, though, is a couple of games to pull a swing, and in reality, Palace could struggle again. I mean, in reality, forty points will get you safe. I mean, most seasons it's proven that, so they're not far away from what they need to be. It's it's just it's just whether or not with Zaha out and the fixture list that you've gone on about then, it's how many can you get from that because that's going to be what defines the I mean, end of the season will, for them. What I will yeah. add as well is. If you think about it, I remember seeing a lot of things about West Ham's schedule at the start of the season. It they had a lot of fixtures. They had Man City, they had Spurs, they had they they had a lot of tough games. Liverpool, and here that and they I mean, they got a point against City. They got a point against us, um, and everyone was writing them off, thinking, okay, they're they're screwed. Like they're gonna have an awful start. But look at them now. They're they're lurking around those Champions League spots. So. No, I, I, I don't think it's it's writing them off. I think the stage of the season where we're at now, there's not much, afford, like, there's not much chance afforded to them uh, after those games because the reality is then, say, how many games did you just go through, Kieran? What, say, like, seven or eight? Yeah, they've got... So then, in reality, you're into your last six running. It's not a case of, oh, come on, lads, we've got the, the rest of the season to go and prove what we're about. It's... We've got a scrap now for six games to stay up, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Palace will get relegated whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised if they do. It's just there's so many teams that if they could pick up points, Palace will get dragged in. Yeah, yeah, I see your point there. Like, if you're like Burnley's, your Brighton's. You're... Well, I mean, the reality is, if you're Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, or Fulham, you take say two wins, little bit of form. Exactly. Like that little run, and then all of a sudden the pressure is is completely different. Mm. Exactly. Because once once you've got the points, well then who knows? 
it's all good, you know, having games in hand, but you need points. Exactly. Uh, looking at looking at next week, obviously there is there is a chance, of course, that Arsenal could be flipping onto the uh, into the bottom half of the table if they lose against Leicester. Yeah, well, Leicester have been in great form, and they do look Leicester look pretty sure to get well i mean we said um, similar last year really most people saying let's look pretty dead on to get top four and they look it again but i would this say this season they look a lot more consistent year, there's, yeah. there's a difference but they just they look a stronger side this season but yeah I, I, I can't see arsenal managing to get much out of that game yeah i mean um, as um i mean arsenal is one of the teams that I, I do look at quite a lot <laughs> and um i mean obviously they just got tierney back um there were positives in that Man City game. Mm, um, they they grew into much. the game. I don't know, but maybe I, the fact agree, that but... won. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't about. There was no fight. It was like. Yeah, oh, I mean the reality. No, reality like... is, we can sit here and be like, "Oh, there were positives," but let's be honest. If Arsenal really want to challenge, you can't yeah. sit there and go, "Oh, there were positives." Yeah. As good as City are. Yeah. Like you can't sit there and go, oh, there were positives. You have to challenge in games like those, yeah. because in reality, that that shows where you are at as a but side. Think... Call it harsh, call it an awakening, but yeah. it's true. It was a chance. Yes. It was a big yeah. chance for Arsenal, yes. and they just didn't do enough to take it. They didn't offer enough. Yeah, they just I, think, kind of I mean celebrated only losing by one. Yeah, and that's yeah, I, not yeah. the mentality of a big club. Yeah, I mean, I think so, some of the th- some of the things is just. And I, I know I don't want to blame Arteta completely because it's clearly not entirely his fault. But Pepe, at least in my in my watching of him, is not great on the right. He, he seems to offer more on the left when he's played on the left. And I don't he's been playing him on the right. I mean, one of the, one thing that I think Arsenal fans would be cheering for is the fact that they didn't bring on William against Man City, which for some reason Arteta is constantly doing, <laughs> despite the fact that he, he hasn't offered really anything uh, at Arsenal this yeah. season. I think no. to me that front line's got to be Pepe on the left, Saka on, Saka the, right, on the right, and Smith Rowe through the middle. Well, Smith, well, Smith Rowe at the AM, and then probably La- uh, maybe La- the, the uh, way Lacazette. No, but the way that La- the rate that I don't think Aubameyang is, he's not there this year. There's just something mm. missing. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's been, definitely not. Lacazette I mean, but ni- neither of them are complete. Uh, neither of them are complete strikers. No, so. I know, but Lacazette's had a very underrated season for when he's call played. it sort of like talking up on. Call it talking up on rumours, but let's be honest, do we all think that the Aubameyang contract situation last year might have impacted, A, the way he's played last year in regards to how he's playing this year? It's tricky, isn't yeah, it? I mean, it did, seem, it did seem like there was a very clear drop-off when he signed his contract. It's uh, just so odd. Like, I can't believe a player like him, who's just been so used to getting the goals, can just drop off like that. Like, yeah. you see... In in the the Europa League game against um, Benfica, he had so many chances to just win Arsenal that game. He missed mm. from five yards out, yeah, completely open goal. There was yeah. one he was through one on one pretty much, and he turned back on himself, and just don't know what's going through his head at the moment. Like he's such an, you think it after that hat trick he scored, it's like oh he's back, he's gonna mm. start firing, and then he just doesn't. The, like, he, yeah. he blocked shot. If, it, yeah. yeah. If I was going to be cynical yeah. about that hat trick, and I don't, I don't want to be, because it still take, it's still impressive to score a hat trick. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that away from him. But if I remember correctly, it was, it was a penalty, a, a, a headed like tap in, and I can't remember the other goal. Mm. It, it wasn't exactly like it wasn't as if he just ran inside, scored three amazing goals. It's, it's, it's not. I, and I think the main thing about that hat trick should have been that it built confidence for him. It made him more confident. It made him, you know. And, and it hasn't done that. I mean, it hasn't done that because he hasn't yeah. he hasn't gone on from it. You yeah, know what I mean? He hasn't built yeah. from that. I think I think just just last off, um, Sam obviously Chelsea United next week. What are we mm. thinking? Um, well, the way man, I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting one. It it will obviously Chelsea have now after having not not an easy run, but a, a lighter run of games, kind of mm. games we should be winning. We obviously haven't lost one. But a couple of draw. Well, I mean, drew the first game under Tuchel. So yeah, we drew the first game under Tuchel, and then obviously we drew to Southampton. Um, and that performance wasn't great, to be honest. Like, it wasn't. Th- there were was some definite negatives in that game. It was a bit slow. Yeah. It was kind of like 
what are we going to do? Like, are we, we weren't creating enough clear-cut chances, and that has yeah. been a problem under Tuchel. But mm. um, I think with that game against Man U, both sides, I mean, Chelsea are in good form. Man U, they are, but they're, not, they're not doing as well as they were, and they don't do you, play, they're not playing as well as they were. Yeah. So, interesting. Do you think that, obviously, like, to bring sort of the management debate a little bit into it, Obviously, United were a side that Lampard tended to struggle a lot against. I'd argue that was probably Lampard's bogey side. Ole seemed to have his number yeah, apart from the almost FA every Cup. turn. Semi-final. Apart from the <laughs> FA Cup, obviously. Semi-final. But then, yeah, okay. didn't we'll really amend yeah, much, right, did okay, it? Right, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, so, so, right. The, so, the, so the point being Big is, card, I, th- I think... <laughs> I mean... We have won an FA Cup, so I'm oh, not even oh, going to react to no. that. <laughs> well, well, well done to you. Well done to you. All right, yes. How much money have uh, you put into your club? Uh, all right, well... All right. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Should, should we... Should we... Any, yeah, anyway, just just to wrap up, I no, think... I was going to say, should we reckon, should reckon we should embarrass some of us and uh, actually predict what the score's going to be for the Chelsea Man United game? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no, no, I think we should, actually, yeah. Wait, yeah. what... Well, what were you going to say? Basically, I was going to say, um, do you do you think it'd be a good test of sort of like to see where Tuchel's got this side? Because in reality, it, it's yeah. it's a game which has sort of plagued them in the last it, couple it, of. It would uh, be very meetings. interesting. It also like, it'd be very interesting to see what side we put out as well, because obviously there was the drama with Hudson Odoi uh, at the weekend. Um, so mm. it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back. Um, but who knows, really? Like it's it's going to be interesting to see who kind of controls the game because obviously so far Tuchel has controlled mm. every game for Chelsea and that's the way they've played so who knows what will happen it'll be an interesting one but yeah let's let's go on to predictions quickly before we wrap up alright well I mean I'll start I, I, I think it'll be close I think defensively Chelsea probably have the edge right now I'd say attacking Man United do um, so I don't think it'll be a massively high scoring I'm going to say 2-1 to Man United um, I'm gonna say, and this is gonna be very predictable. I'm gonna go no, no draw. <sighs> Not another one. <laughs> I, I'm, See, I, go I, on. go on. I think I'm gonna go a little bit still on the fence, but a little bit more audacious than Sean's little. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I think I think personally that um, Chelsea might come out of the blocks a little bit. To start with, yeah. um, I think they'll probably get a goal in the first half, and then I wouldn't be surprised if sort of late on United do tend to come back because I think in mm. recent weeks they have sort of shown that the sort of the later the games go on, yeah. they have sort of grown into them a little bit. Mm. Um, well, and I think especially with the yeah. way that they played counter attacking, it'll sort of play into their hands a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I might I might regret this, but I'm gonna go with a uh, a two 0 Chelsea win, Ooh, I think. Chelsea Two now. I'm we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll review this one, I'm sure. It'll be a great. Yeah, we'll, we'll get chance. to embarrass each other. Yeah. I, think, and... I think it's going to be a 2 all. 2 mm. all. Interesting. Okay. Okay. General consensus withdrawal. I mean, it will be close. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see you next week. But um, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, we should have one out next Wednesday as well. Take care. Uh,